Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I believe the truth to be that life begins at conception. If your cells are living, then yeah, two living cells coming together, a sperm and an egg cell, and creating a fertilized egg cell, a zygote, yeah, that is, that is life. I'm not going to get into all the other issues, but I know for sure late-term abortion is murder for sure. A baby has a heartbeat at three weeks. You just can't hear it yet. Three weeks. My understanding, you can't hear the heartbeat maybe till four or five weeks, but a baby has a heartbeat at three weeks, and little organs are already developing quickly. So once again, this is an attack. This is an attack on, the f- on faith in God's Word. This is an attack on God's creation. This is an attack. First and foremost, before those babies, it's an attack on women. And I want you to understand that. I want you to research it and get to know the facts and start to understand some of this because this is your world and this is crazy. And we've got to pray like a house on fire. We're going to have uh, nights of prayer again in February. We'll announce it at the end of the service. Our world needs prayer. Our country needs prayer. New Mexico is terrible for abortions. They need prayer. Serious prayer. I can guide you to some websites if you have questions. But today... Of all days, talking about truly valuing women and children, I'm going to preach a message on a true woman hero from the Bible. The title of my message is, Here Come the Judge. Here comes the judge. I actually said, Here come the judge, but she thought thought it was a typo, so she said, she put it correctly, Here comes the judge. But it was, Here come the judge. I want to talk to you about Deborah. At this point in Scripture, in Judges chapter 4, when Deborah is mentioned, she is the second female prophet mentioned in Scripture. The first was Miriam, Moses' sister. Okay? So let's start off in Judges chapter 4, verse 21. All right? I have my Bible here. They're just going to follow along on the screen, and I'm going to talk about it as we go. And I'm going to read through this. So here come the judge with Deborah. Chapter 4, verse 1 of Judges. After Ahud's death, The Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. They had a cycle of we do evil, we cry out to God for his help, mercy, and rescue. We do evil, we cry out to God for his help, mercy, and rescue. And they did it over and over again for hundreds of years. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harosheth Hagoim. Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots, possibly three horses at each chariot, So that could be 2,700 horses, all right? At least, possibly just 1,800 horses, but they had an army. They had an army. Ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Hmm. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. We cry out to God and we're in trouble, huh? I want to challenge everybody this morning. Cry out to God on a daily basis, whether you're in trouble or not. Don't wait until you're in trouble. Don't wait. Cry out to God for help in every situation before you need it. I cry out to him. I tell the Lord, Lord, help me. There's stuff I don't know that's going on. There's stuff that I don't understand. There's things that I haven't realized yet. Lord, help me. Be with me, Lord. Verse 4, Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet. Wow, can women be in the fivefold ministry? Yes, a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. Now, judges of Israel were leaders of Israel. They heard cases legally like a true judge. They led They made decisions. They helped to command the armies. They could make decisions. They were standing in place of a king, okay? These were before the king. So Deborah was the de facto leader of Israel. She was judging Israel at that time. Verse 5. 
She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. So number one today, according to verse 4, we know that Deborah was very, very special. Now let me say this to you. If one child is special, are all children special? If one man is special, are all men special? Some of you are like, well, not really. <laughs> I, I, some of you shook your heads. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't mess up my illustration. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, we were created to be special. Now, do all people act right? No, no. Some men are terrible. Some women are terrible. Some kids act terrible because they're not disciplined, whatever. But if one man is special and called by God... All men are special and called by God. If one woman is special and unique and wonderful, aren't all women special, unique, wonderful, and called by God? If one child is valuable to God, all children are valuable to God. So we see today the value of women, but the value of men as well in this chapter, and it's very interesting. And we see, we see a man and woman working together as equal partners in this battle here in a moment. We know, number one, my first point is, Deborah was a prophet. Prophets had a powerful role. And in the Old Testament, if prophets weren't 100% accurate, they were stoned and put to death. Yeah, no pressure. They were put to death. So interesting that a woman was a prophet over Israel at this time. Okay? We know she was a prophet. She was called by God. And she was also a judge. Okay? So we just finished. Let, let's go back to verse 5. She would sit under the palm of Deborah. She was so... Uh, I don't know, so famous at that time that she would sit under this palm tree and they called it the Palm of Deborah, okay? Between Ramah and Bethel and the hill country of Ephraim and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. Verse 6, one day she sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Wow, this is, she must really be hearing from God, okay? Because this is big stuff right here. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor. All right. Pastor Jen and some ladies from our ministry actually took pictures with this mountain in the background in Israel. Mount Tabor, the mountain of Deborah. Okay. And verse 7, I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There I will give you victory. Hmm. Victory. Over him. So we see that point two today, she's speaking what God said, and we see that if she's speaking what God says, God is not a man that he should lie. She's very truthful. She's truthful. We need some more of that in our world, don't we? Not just among women. This is a woman hero here, Deborah. When Israel needed a woman, a woman of God most, she showed up. When Israel needed a man and a woman of God, they needed somebody. A, honest leader, she was truthful. She spoke truth. She spoke the truth of God. And some of these attributes, some of you may say, I'm not called to be a prophet. Yeah, but you're called to be truthful. You're called to be truthful. I want to encourage you today, if there are any of you hiding or nursing or taking care of or perpetuating or propagating or continuing a lie, you need to talk to the Lord about it today. That's for me just as well as you. Say, man, why are we using a woman as an example of truthful? Well, because she was truthful, and I'm talking about a woman today. It's that simple. There's other truthful people in the Bible. This is a woman of God. She was a prophet and judge. She was 
very well suited to be a prophet and judge because she was truthful. We see in verses 6 and 7, she sang to Barak what God had said to her. So she's speaking the truth. When you repeat the word, you're speaking the truth. Isn't that interesting? You repeat what God has said, you're speaking the truth. If I tell you, man, you're called to love God, is that true or false? If I tell you God loves you, is that true or false? If I tell you Jesus died for your sins, is that true or false? I'm being truthful. So she was very truthful, and it's interesting because it places her in a unique position here among the judges of Israel, as a woman especially. Because to my understanding, she's the only female judge that ever was in Israel. All right? So here we are, verse 7, she's just given this command to Barak. And ver verse 8, Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Let's stop right there. Some of you are like, ha, 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 he wasn't a real man. Ha, 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 what a wimp. What a sissy. There are men in the oil field that outweigh me by 200 pounds. And they won't do anything without their wives. This is not a married couple. But Barak was being honest. And you know what he said? And some people tell you his faith was small. Well, whatever it was, in Hebrews, he made it into the hall of faith. He knew his limitations. He knew maybe he didn't have as much faith as her. He knew that God's presence with her and everything she said was true. So he said, if I'm going, you know, I'll go. But you go with me. A lot of the guys going, man, he's a wimp. A lot of guys that say, man, he's a wimp. They don't even know how to microwave their own food. I'm not saying he's a wimp, and I, but I'm, I can't cook much, so whatever. There's guys that have never washed their own clothes. They left mom's house, and then their wife began washing their They've never washed their own clothes, and they go, man, Barak is a sissy. No, he's about to say, I'll leave this. I'll, I will go to war if you'll go with me. Doesn't mean she had to fight in the battle, but he's like, I'll take him into battle. I'll go. He didn't even hesitate. <laughs> if you go with me. Look at her. Speaking of not hesitating, look at verse 9. Very well, she replied, I will go with you. Hmm. But you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. She didn't say you'll never get any honor historically because Hebrews proves that. He gets honored and we're still talking about him. But he didn't get honor in this war like he could have as a man. She says, all right, I'll go with you, but you'll receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. <laughs> so Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. I always thought, man, is she going to go fight? She's going to get all the honor. I remember as a kid thinking, man, she's saying that because she's going to go get all the honor. Huh, that's not really what went on. That's not really what's going to happen here. So verse 9 she says, you know, hey, I'll go, but you're not going to receive honor in this venture for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So point three today is she was fearless. She said, I'll go with you to war. She was fearless. There's some fearless ladies in this house today. There, I know there's fearless men as well, but hey, we're talking about this woman of God. There's some fearless ladies in this house. Continue to be fearless. Some of you ladies have stood up against abuse, physically, emotionally, sexual abuse, some of you have stood up against substance abuse. Some of, you, some of you have stood up in your home and said, as long as you live in my house, you're not going to live like that. Some of you ladies have said, no matter what happens, come hell or high water, I'm going to honor God in this home. That's you being fearless. Some of you ladies have said, I'm, I'm going I'm to trust God no matter what. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to put him first. That's you being fearless. But this lady, 
Kind of interesting, women. I, some of you would do it just for the adventure because y'all are crazy like that. I know. Some of you ladies would be like, if I don't have to go out and carry a sword and fight, I want to go and be at the battle and watch it. All right. There were ladies like that in the Civil War. You know, they'd show up and have a picnic and watch battles. Strange. Kind of morbid. I don't know if it was Manassas or the Battle of Bull Run. Jonathan, you can correct me. You know the Civil War. People actually went outside and had picnics and watched the battle like they were out boxing or something. People were getting blown up by cannons, blown up, torn apart. But here's the deal. <clears throat> she was fearless. She said, okay. Didn't even hesitate. I'll go with you, Bayrak. I'll go with you to the battle. But you're not going to get any honor in this venture today. All right? A a woman's going to get the honor. The Lord's victory over Sisera is going to come through a woman, okay? So let's check that out. So, so Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. Verse 10, at Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali. Hey, he's still a pretty courageous dude. He said, man, he took a woman with him. He couldn't be a man and do it on his own. He's doing exactly what God said through the woman. This happens in marriages sometimes, too, whether we admit it or not. It's true. God will speak to my wife. There's been times that I was like, I wasn't certain about something. God will speak to my wife, and she's like, I don't know. I feel like this, but you, you do what you, God leads you to do. And I'll think about it and pray about it. I'll say, man, that's the right thing to do. Two have become one, right? Now, this is not a married couple, but that's just an example. So at Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. She went with all the warriors. <laughs> a woman in the Bible thousands of years ago, the judge of Israel. She went to battle with him. Now, I'm sure she was not wielding a sword or anything, but she was there with the leadership. Interesting. Verse 11. Now, Heber the Canite, a descendant of Moses' brother-in-law, Hobab, had moved away from the other what? From the other members of his tribe and pitched his tent by the oak of Za'ananim near Kadesh. That's quite a word. Wow. How did I get that right? Let's go on to the next one. He'd moved away, pitched his tent over there. Now, verse 12, when Sisera was told that Barak, son of Ahinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, some translations make it look like Heber, Heber the Kenanite, the Kenite is the one who informed because they were friends. They were allies. Now, whether he was doing it for the Lord's purposes or just warning his friend, we don't know. But the rest of the story, it's up and coming, all right? So Sisera was told that the Barak had gone up to Mount Tabor. He called for all 900 of his chariots. You remember that in the story? His iron chariots, all of his warriors, and they marched from Harosheth Hagoyim to the Kaishan River. Then, <clears throat> then Deborah said to Barak, get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. This had to be a courageous woman with guts. She's mar- ordering them to battle saying it's the word of the Lord. Number two, now they're, at the, they're about to have battle, and she says, God's going before you. You're going to win. It's going to be a great battle. It's going to be a great victory for God's people. You're going to see. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. Wow. Verse 15, when Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way to Harosheth Hagoyim, killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was left alive. Number four today, Deborah was accurate. 
Wow, she was a prophet, but she was accurate. It happened just like God told her. She told Barak. He believed her. And here's what happened. Wow, not a single one was left alive of the enemy. Let's go ahead and finish out this story. There's some more verses in this chapter. I'm going to just read through. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Remember, because Heber's family was on friendly terms with King Jabin of Hazor. We don't quite understand this because um, Heber could have been the one that informed, informed um, <clears throat> the enemy that the people of God were in motion. We don't know if he did it for God's purposes or for their friendship. But here we go. So Sisera ran to the tent of Jael. She's the wife of Heber, you know, the ally and friend of King Jabin of Hazor. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come into my tent, sir. Come in. Don't be afraid. Women are powerful. So he went into her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. That is so interesting. Here's what we don't know. I studied this yesterday, or didn't know. In the ancient East, the custom was if a man went in, in most societies, if a man went into a woman's tent, just by doing so, he was to be put to death. This was not his family. This was not his wife. It wasn't his daughter. You went into a woman's tent like this, you were to be put to death. Let me say that again. In the ancient East, if a man wandered into a woman's tent like this, He's already as good as dead. He was to be put to death. So you'll find that fascinating with how this story ends. Come into my tent, sir. Come in. Don't be afraid. So he went into her tent. She covered him with a blanket. Verse 19, please give me some water, he said. I'm thirsty. Well, she gave him what she had, or she gave him this milk for a reason. I don't know. She gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he told her. Verse 20, if anybody comes and asks you if there is anyone here, say no. She never responded. We don't know that she responded. But when Sisera fell asleep, here's another courageous and gutsy woman. From exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and tent peg in her hand. In the ancient East, guess what? Women put up tents and took down tents, not the men usually. So, of course, she knew how to, knew how to use a hammer and a peg. I've always wondered, how on earth could she pick up a peg and do this? It's kind of a heroic deed with a hammer and a tent peg, and it must have been sharp. She crept up quietly to him with a hammer and tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. I don't think it's a crime of passion. They, they didn't have any relation like that. I guess they were, they were allies or friends or something, but she was fighting the Lord's battles here. This is interesting. Verse 22, when Barak came looking for Sisera, Jael went out to meet him. She said, come and I will show you the man you are looking for. She knew. She knew he was the enemy. She knew he was hiding. So he followed her into the tent and found Sisera lying there dead with the tent peg through his temple. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king, and for that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroyed him. Now this is a beautiful story of how men and women can work together in God's kingdom. Kind of wild because it's a battle. They went and killed the enemy back then. God's not telling us that now, is he? This is the Old Testament. Hey, all you guys get together and go wipe out the enemy. All right? Go wipe out those legislators that are trying to, you know, go, go wipe them out. They're, they're, they're legislating against the Bible. Go destroy them. No, God's not telling us to do that. This is a dispense, dispensation of grace, some have said. But <clears throat> God's judgment is coming sooner or later 
even to New Mexico and New York and these other places that are having abortions and abortions and abortions and no limits and kill the baby if it survives the abortion, a lethal injection, this, that, and the other. They're not protecting moms, they're not helping moms, and they're sure as heck not helping babies. So do you think God will just leave that alone forever? Anybody? Will he ignore that forever? No, he can't, he won't. It'd be against his nature. God is for the innocent. God is for the, for the widow. God is for the orphan. God is for the helpless. Scripture says, Jesus said, man, if anyone should offend one of these little ones, they should have a multi-ton rock tied to their neck and they should be tossed into the ocean. I'm going to go so far as to say if someone is offensive to women and children, they're in the same camp. If they're hurting and abusing women and children, they're in the same camp. Did you guys know this? I heard this this morning. One of the statistics says that since the 70s, when abortion was legalized, child abuse has gone up over 200%. Why? Because human life is not valued like, is, like it once was. So you make sure you get your thinking straight. You make sure you think straight. You make sure you look and hear from God and get into his word. And you decide for yourself. That's between you and God. I can't tell you how to think. I can just tell you what God says in his word. And I can tell you that in this case where a man and woman were working together, it was for a country's benefit. It was for the people of God's benefit. And we can do the same today when we fight against abortion, when we stand up against lies, when we stand up against drug use, we stand up against pornography and perversion and wrong thinking. Men and women working together as equal partners and co-laborers can really bring some change. I'm seeing that here in the Bible. Why would it be different now? Why would it be different now? When a man and woman work together, there were actually men and women working together that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. Talking about the Old Testament. Sacrificing babies, that was something that Israel was destroyed and judged for. It's killing babies. You say, man, well, in abortion, they're not sacrificing babies. Well, aren't they? Aren't they? They would torture babies and kill them, and, and this is happening. Did you know there's, there's videos of babies in the womb having a silent scream? You can't hear it, but they're screaming because they feel pain. It's terrible. I, could, I didn't watch the videos. I just saw some of the, some of the video labels and stuff. I didn't watch. I, didn't, I, I couldn't watch some of that. Now, this is powerful. Let's go to Judges 5-7. Judges 5-7. There were a few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother for Israel. Ladies, stand up as a spiritual mom. Stand up as a biological mom, but stand up as a mom, as a big sister, as a daughter. Stand up as a woman that God has called you to be. We see that, that God has always viewed men and women in equal terms. If you look into the the Ten Commandments. It says, honor your father and who? It doesn't just say honor your father. Honor your father and chase your mother away. Honor your father, but say cuss words to your mom. No, honor your father and talk bad to your mom. Treat your mom differently than your dad. No, it says honor your father and your mother so that you may live long upon the earth. And it's the only commandment that comes with a promise. Honoring dad and mom. She rose up as a spiritual mother for Israel why would we not, not need spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers? I would not be able to pastor as well without my wife. My dad is a fabulous pastor. And all those years of being married to mom until her passing in May, 
they were amazing pastors together. And I believe dad was always better because he had mom. And mom was always better because she had dad. And now dad's in a new season in his life. But he was married 40 plus years. 43, 40, I, don't, it was, I think it was going on 43 years. They were married. I'm better with women around me. And women are better with good men around them. I'm better with healthy children, healed families. I'm better with these people around me that God has called to seek him and to take a stand for something. There were a few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother for Israel. Let's go to point five today. She was also a spiritual mother. We need spiritual moms and dads, not just one or the other. Not just one or the other. We need spiritual moms and dads. It brings balance. Did you know, ladies, you think of things that I would never think of? Do you know my wife? She is a hostess. She loves to host and do events and organize and have food and have nice stuff. And I'm like, that's too much work. We're all going to be together. We're all going to be having so much fun. I'll tell jokes. Let's skip out on some of this. But that's not how it works. <clears throat> that's not how it works. We're better. We truly are. And I think somebody used this for a political campaign. Yeah, but we are better together, men and women. We are. We are. Even apart from husbands and wives. I love working with women and men and children. I love it. So we see that Deborah was a prophet and a judge. She was truthful. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we need to be truthful. She was fearless. She was accurate because she quoted God's word, lived by it, spoke it, and it was true. And she was also a spiritual mother. What role has God called us to be part of? <clears throat> what has God called you to do? I don't know exactly. But I know that there's a lot of moms and dads in here. There's a lot of sons and daughters. There's a lot of you called to be spiritual moms and dads as well. If we'd stand up in our rightful place, in our rightful position. Look at this powerful story. And you had a man who was humble enough. Maybe he was scared. I don't know. Maybe Barak was scared, but he said, I'll go. I'm sure that's the word of the Lord, but you can come with me. God speaks to you. You come with me. Folks, we need to keep working together. We need to keep learning truth and believing truth. Don't believe and buy into the junk that the media is telling you. Don't. <clears throat> I don't know what percentage of that junk is just pure, unadulterated lies. And they love to mix a little bit of baby bit of truth into it so that you'll believe it. Don't buy it. Don't believe it. Don't believe the lies about abortion. They're not, doctors are not informing women properly. There's records over and over again of women's being coerced and forced into an abortion at 37 weeks. That is not all that lady's fault by doctors and by others. 37 weeks, that's full term, isn't it? That's over nine months. That's like being coerced. Oh, this is for your safety. No, it's actually less safe for the mom that late anyway. So let's tell the truth like Deborah. Let's tell the truth. Let's believe the truth like Barak. Let's tell and believe the truth. Let's be accurate in retelling God's word. Let's be accurate in our beliefs. Let's walk in truth. Let's walk in fearlessness. And let's be spiritual family to each other. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today if you would.